a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Uh, many of us like to complain about bad laws that Congress passes. Uh, many of us like to argue if only we elected better people or better judges, we'd get better laws. And are we to the point where any kind of change or any kind of big issue that needs to be solved has to happen out of our nation's capital? Time to reconsider. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. So what we're going to think about again in this segment is, is there a better way to oppose legislation that's bad for the country? Is there a better way to get change happening? Uh, Is there a way, as we like to say on this program, to make uh, federalism sexy again? (laughs) Michael Bolton is the founder of the 10th Amendment Center, and he says... Yes, indeed, we should think again because there is a better way. And he joins us live now. Michael, thanks for chiming in today. Boyd, really appreciate you being here. I'm calling in from Southern California, and I love Utah, but i got to promise you, I never tell any of my neighbors because I know you guys have a little problems with California expats, and I'm not trying to make it any worse. I promise. We appreciate that. We appreciate that. Uh, we, we love it to come through, but uh, don't, don't, uh, don't muck it up visit, too bad here. I visit, but I don't tell anybody. There we go. It's it's a good way to keep the secret. So, well, a lot of your work at the Tenth Amendment Center is uh, making federalism, uh, balanced federalism, is, is such an important uh, principle that we talk about on this program. Uh, and you're really digging into that in a significant way. And so tell us a little yeah. bit about the Tenth Amendment Center uh, for those who don't know. Why did you found it? What's the purpose? Well, I founded the organization back in the summer of 2006. We just had our 15-year anniversary with an idea, this crazy idea, that I recognized that it didn't matter which team was in charge in Washington, D.C., the government continued to grow, and the Constitution was always pushed to the side. Maybe it was a little less bad for this group or versus yeah. the other, but now we live under the largest government in the history of the world. And I believe, and so do so many others around the country, that the path forward for the Constitution and liberty, the way to solve the endless partisan bickering and uh, kind of a low-grade civil war of trying to control every couple of years. You get one side trying to destroy the other every couple of years to control the entire system is through the founder system, and that is decentralization and sexy federalism under the Tenth Amendment. The power is not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. The federal government claims so much power today. I mean, they basically control the size of our toilets. I mean, there really is a federal regulation on the size of a toilet. This is absurd. This would have been absurd to the founders as well. All the important, most difficult, most divisive issues are supposed to be handled at home 
close to home in our states. Yeah, so, so important. You take a lot of inspiration, I know, from uh, Thomas Jefferson, from Samuel Adams. Uh, Give us a little backstory there. Well, we could also go back to Samuel Adams is a great place to start. And really, we look at things as a one-two punch. How do we get from where we are today, living under the largest government ever, to a land of liberty? And Samuel Adams put it this way in October of 1771. The truth is all might be free if they valued freedom and defended as they ought. So we have a real educational issue facing us. And of course, government control over schools, there should be no Department of Education. The Constitution doesn't authorize it in the first place, has taught us. And I went to government-controlled schools as a kid, and I learned that the solution to every problem was government. So we have to first unlearn that. We need people to learn that freedom is a positive. And then we also have to understand how to defend it. James Madison in Federalist 48 warned us. He said, look, a mere demarcation on parchment. This is what he was talking about. Literally words on paper in the Constitution, he said, was not sufficient. There has to be something else. What is that something else? John Hancock, for example, said that the powers reserved to the people render them secure. So it's up to the people. We can't look to the federal government to limit the federal government when the federal government has been just violating the rules given to the federal government in the first place. It's up to the people of the several states to take action and opt out of unconstitutional federal programs. Uh, so so important that uh, we recognize that uh, Washington is it's not designed to waltz in and solve all the problems that these lovely uh, laboratories of democracy that we have uh, were set up by design uh, to really be that laboratory and to uh, to solve problems and to have things done by those who are most accountable and closest to the people. We know that's the best kind of government. I appreciate the shout out for Madison because I, I think he deserves a uh, a musical written about him. He kind of gets the, oh, short, yeah. the short shrift there. Uh, but, uh, but I want to dive into this just a, a little bit deeper in terms sure. of – uh, uh, how we start to actually apply this. Uh, many of our listeners are always saying, okay, so so what do I do? Uh, and I always try to get to the things that, look, starts it starts in your local community, your your yes. local school board. It starts in your local county commissioner and, and city mayors. Uh, those are the places where we have to start to weigh in. From the 10th Amendment Center standpoint, uh, where are you focusing your efforts? What, or what are some of the things that you're uh, working on around the country? All of that. First of all, let's focus on what the strategy is. And we can even look a little bit at what's been happening in Utah, specifically following the strategy, even if people don't realize it's happening. James Madison, again, Federalist 46, he said, how do you deal with a federal government that doesn't follow the rules? Because they knew that people with power would always try to expand their power. So there had to be some strategy. He gave us a four-step strategy in Federalist 46. He specifically said you should use a legislative devices in, in the States, so new laws in the states to to utilize, in his words, a refusal to cooperate with officers of the union. Surprisingly enough, the Supreme Court has backed this strategy up, basically opting out of participating in federal programs on a state or a local level in something called the anti-commandeering doctrine in a series of five cases from 1842 through 2018. The short version is the Supreme Court repeatedly has held that the federal government cannot require the states to use personnel or any other resources to implement or effectuate federal 
laws or regulatory programs. And this isn't just theoretical. Everyone knows, everyone knows, love them or hate them, that immigration sanctuaries have been crippling the federal government's ability to enforce federal immigration law. So our standpoint is why not do the same thing on federal gun control. And we've seen some states start to do this. In Arizona, they have a new law going into effect this summer that bans the state from using any personnel or resources for enforcing any federal gun law that isn't already on the books in the state of Arizona. So that's a very positive step forward. Similar laws have been passed in Missouri and a few other states as well. I know there was an attempt. uh, It got passed out of the House to do something like this in Utah, this legislative session, but it didn't get across the finish line. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we're going to continue this. This is one of the other great things about having the uh, extended edition of Inside Sources from one all the way to three is we can do what... uh, Edison said that we need to stay with the questions just a little bit longer. Uh, And so we're going to do that. We're going to hold uh, Michael over. He's agreed to stay with us for another segment. We're going to continue to dive down this path in terms of what can we do? What should we do? If you're looking for summer reading, uh, Federalist 46 is a great place to start today. It is simple enough that you can go through and, and it will actually empower you. Uh, and help you look at things in just a little bit different way. So stick with us. We're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, more with Michael Bolden and the 10th Amendment Center. We're going to dig deeper into the topic of federalism and how it might actually be the answer to a lot of the division we have in the country. Stay with us. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.